welcome to This Is Me, a podcast on inclusion. Today is part two of our conversation from last week about the five levels of inclusion. Head on over to digitalscribbler.com for the original article on the five levels of inclusion to understand the whole philosophy behind what we're discussing today. We'll also link it in the description below. On another note, please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and write us a glowing review. You will really help our show in getting our message of inclusion out there for a larger audience. But for now, let's pick up on Russ, Greg, and Jackson's conversation on implementing the five levels of inclusion. All right. We're going to go into our second part or part two of how to implement the five levels of inclusion. We spent a lot of time in the first section just really, and hopefully if you made it to the end of that, setting the the framing the discussion around why it's so important and why it means so much to all of us. But we're going to tackle the five levels of inclusion. And of course, we've got Jackson here and, and Greg, and they're going to just kind of um, approach this from a, here's what we think about the levels of inclusion, how they work, how they fit, if they fit. So uh, I think Jackson's going to get us started. Yeah. All right. Let's get going. I'll give you my thoughts about the five. Um, first one we talked about was community. Um, that's talking about social inclusion. Um, my thoughts on that one, it's uh, briefly, is um, is almost if if you yourself want to be part of a social inclusion, it's you putting yourself um, or you helping other being part of a community um, that's that's not as um, that's not it might not be as privileged that might not be as that, or that might need more help but social inclusion is either a community um, that you go into to help or a community that uh, you bring along with you to be included uh, like we were talking about earlier in section one with um, including uh, children with special needs. We might have been talking about this before the first podcast. I can't remember, or part one, um, talking about bringing children with uh, special needs into a classroom full of children with typical needs is that's that's the first stage. That's that's sort of community. Um, that's that's what social inclusion is or programs like eSoccer's. That's that's social inclusion. Um, uh, another stage, uh, which, which is what I was talking about even more in, in part one, it was uh, emotional inclusion. And that for me is really what I was talking about with my story with, with the, with the other child that I was working with, um, uh, when we were singing songs together, that's, that for me is, that's that emotional inclusion where it goes deeper than just being a part of a community. It's mm-hmm. putting yourself in someone else's shoes. I had a question. What do you think? This is Nathan, the producer anyways, <laughs> the new voice on the microphone. But what do you, when you look at the Philos of inclusion, when I read it, I thought, there's one that was specifically for me was a little too daunting or a little like, whoa, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to engage with or to like actually get myself to actually respond and want to do something about it, take action on. And so for you, when you read, did any of those stand out to you of like, ooh, this one's a little too little too daunting, right? Because I think it's <laughs> I think even what we talked about in the your first story uh, in the in the in the first segment about the Barnes and Noble story, like there it's yeah. it's it can be hard enough for an individual to emotionally include somebody yes. and to emotionally engage yes. somebody with special yeah. needs. Yes. Um I can share for myself what I thought was yeah. the most daunting. I think was contemplation. And specifically because that word purpose in the definition of contemplation, because it says contemplation is spiritual inclusion in the pursuit of meaning and purpose. And I think it's hard to give somebody purpose. I find it hard to give somebody her purpose because I think that that is one of the hardest things for me to even always know about myself and to identify for myself um, is, okay, what is my purpose? And I have a hard time even wrestling with that as an Mm -hmm. individual, but then, um, how do I even give that to somebody else, specifically somebody who's coming into the world or, or, or fighting 
through a lot of different disadvantages or different kind of things already going against them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so got I was you. curious for you, like Jackson, like what what is the thing that you, when you look at that, like, ooh, that's a little daunting. Uh, when I look at them, it's um, intellectual inclusion. I think for me, um, I'm just I'm a very emotional being, so it's easy for me to feel strongly about things. But as far as um, actually being getting getting other people or putting myself out there uh, to know about different communities. I think that one, that one daunts me because there's just so much that I don't know. So mm-hmm. what we're talking about then is we're talking about two things. You started us off really great, Jackson, talking about the fact that you almost put them in steps. Mm. And I think that's probably, I, I never thought about that when I was writing. I didn't think about that. Right. But you basically said, look, the first step is the community, right. it's the social. Right. And you said the second step is the emotional. And then you just said that the challenge for you is the third step. And did I really? Did I say third step? Well, the third step is intellectual. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that you 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 just mentioned you did you do the first two hit the third one that's the hard one and and I think what people need to understand is we're yeah. not saying inclusion is easy. Right. No, not I, at all. That, definitely. I think not. that's what what's come out. It's not easy. Right. Right, Greg. I mean, it's no. it's it's a challenge. No, and it's when I was thinking about these levels, I, it's cool because I think about why when we started esports with e-soccer um I, I just think how we were just thinking let's create this community of kids with special needs and typical kids and coaches and, and let's just let's get them together to be able to ha- play sports together so it was just the community thing i wasn't thinking beyond that but i, I it's funny I, there's a story i mean i there's one individual i can think of who's gone through all these stages i mean he started day one with special needs and i you know i won't say his name well his name is larry i won't give you more than that but he started it was just a kid out there with some needs and, sure. and getting help in the program um, but because of the connection he made, the relationships, not only on the field and with the coaches, but those friendships that carried into his high school years and off the field that later he became a coach himself and he was coaching other kids with special needs. And now he's gone on to college or he's, you know, an adult now as a young adult, he comes back and he helps train. He comes to the trainings. So he's cool. gone from community connection to the contribution of coaching and now I look at contemplation he comes back and he trains coaches how to coach and so he's really run the gamut he's gone through the steps he's he's really achieved when we think about all these levels and I never you know it's funny when we when we started with this we were trying to trying to build something with inclusion but mm-hmm. we didn't think about these levels but you can I can look at that exactly. example and go this is what this is what we're talking about. This is the dream. This is what we hope that every kid with any kind of challenge, disability, could have this kind of a. That's what people need to understand. What yeah. you said, Greg, is that we didn't start out doing this. We didn't know yeah. any of this. We we got our friends together, went out and played soccer, yep. and we were like, "Hey, we're going to make sure kids are included, and we take care." We were go- d- dedicated to taking care of the typical kids and the special needs right. kids, making sure their dreams came true. And in a sense, you could say that all of our kids went through these, but we actually learned these five levels. Yeah. We didn't create them. Yeah, I, I basically basically sat down and wrote down what we learned. Exactly. And so I think it's important for the listener to know, again, I'm going to go back through them. The first level, based on what Jackson was talking about, is community. It's social inclusion. And we'll include some of this information in the description of the podcast so you can go back and read it. The second level is connection, emotional inclusion. And what uh, Jackson was talking about, the singing, I think, do you have any any people you keep up with outside of um, of the e-programs or outside of uh, you know any program? That have special needs. Um, I do. Um, I still keep in touch with 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 this kid and his family, and um, that's cool. Yeah, that's very good. That's emotional inclusion, right? So to me, emotional inclusion is yeah. like like Nathan, our producer. 
he has helped my son learn to communicate using uh, software we create, um, set him up uh, and work. I'm sorry, gone on dates with him that they've set up, uh, <laughs> gone to movies. That's cool. Uh, uh, my son's been uh, in in um, in, mo- in a in a movie documentary that talked about uh, kids, especially he's he's had a tremendous number of opportunities outside of a program. And right. I think emotional inclusion is, yep. I want to have a relationship with you. Yeah, I want to be your friend for the rest of your life. And right. that, that's what, cause, cause what happens when you graduate high school is you're, you're, you're gone. And so emotional inclusion takes place when you're an adult. Yeah. What Greg was referring to with this, this, this friend of his is he's got relationships that are yep. still his relationships right. after he became an adult. And if you never make emotional inclusion, then everyone ends up alone afterwards. And that's mm-hmm. what I felt about the kid in Barnes and Nobles is that he was alone. Yeah, they get after high school, they get regulated back to, I guess, if you want to look at levels, level one, right? Yes. You're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to pay people to uh, include you in the community, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Because well, there's people and, who and, work. And, 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 and we could argue, is that even inclusion? If I'm being, if I'm, yeah, exactly. if I'm being taken Baby to city. a place. <laughs> if, if I could say something about that with, um, with, with what we were discussing earlier, um, with, at the end of the first section was the difference between um, modifying and adapting. Yeah, um, I think the difference there is what what you were what Nathan was just describing. That's that's modifying where you completely where you you're changing the environment um, for for everyone. Um, whereas in you're, there's no inclusion in modification. Whereas in adaptive, um, in my class at San Jose State, there's a class called Intro to Adaptive Physical Activity. And one thing that's talked about frequently and one thing that I've given presentations on is um, the difference between modifying and adapting. Whereas uh, when, when you adapt something, um, it's, it, cha- it, doesn't, it doesn't change the actual activity. All it does is it, is it, it helps inclusion. Whereas when you modify something, it completely changes the environment, or it could completely change the environment and completely change the outcome. Hmm. So it's interesting when you said because I think we Russ and I when we started eSoccer, we weren't thinking about are we modifying or adapting, but we 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 did adapting. We didn't <laughs> right. realize we were doing that. Right. We were still doing soccer. We were teaching all the same, which drills. is much more productive. And the goal was to help these kids really learn soccer build teamwork friendships you know the bond of being on a team sport all that right which which is yeah. the difference in between e-soccer and other maybe like house league programs where mm-hmm. they have an, separate teams for children with special exactly. needs like that that's modified physical activity ah, where they put good. children with special needs all on one team right whereas e-soccer is inclusive it's adaptive it right. includes people from all backgrounds and we can respect people who say i don't want adaptive right i want right. modified but you know and i think that me that was my position was no i want i want i didn't know i was doing this right greg we didn't know i want adaptive to me because i'm not studying what you're studying i just went i want them to have a day-to-day life yeah and we want to talk for a minute about how do you implement the five levels in day-to-day life i wanted my kids to have a day-to-day life yeah that was with people i don't care if my child with special needs finishes first, second, third, or fourth. I don't care whether they're the coolest kid in the in the room. I just want them to be able to walk, talk, be with people. Because to me, relationship is me means I'm with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 you want to know me. And so the inclusion of community is good. And I congratulate and encourage more of that. 
in classrooms, in recreation centers, in community centers, the connection part, I think that's hard because that means I'm not just going to come and help you at a program. Like I'm not going to just be an aide at school to a kid who has special needs. When I go home and I look three doors down and I see a family with special needs, I'm going to go by their house and say hello and go, Hey, you know, I, I have a, you know, I, I do this or I do that. I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to say hello uh, to their, their, their uh, child. I was out uh, at a, a, a restaurant and I saw a family and uh, they were, they had a, their, their, their daughter was uh, clearly on a, on a, on a soccer team, uh, a typical soccer team. And they were sitting there with the grandparent, grandmother, mom and the dad. And they had a special needs kid looked about six. And I was like, oh man, I don't want to barge into their life but i just wanted to tell them that that we had all these esports programs i walked up i said does your daughter play uh soccer and they the the mom kind of smiled and goes no and i said well you know we have these elite programs that she may be interested in and i'm just going to give you my card and you can look up here's the web address i think when you get into emotional inclusion you don't just volunteer right do you now carry this with you day to day Exactly. You, you, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I think you, you, you're you that way, Jackson. And I think I want you to talk a little bit more about, like, you've come to me and wanted to interview me and write, yeah. write papers. Right. Why in the world do you care? Mm-hmm. Um, like, why not just go off and live your life and have a good time yeah. instead of getting involved in something that is so helpful and so transformative? But, like, I think it would help people to know, how old are you? I'm 20 years old. They want to, how would, why would a 20-year-old guy not just be like, hey, I'm going to go dating and, and <laughs> go to Tahoe and go skiing. And that I sounds like fun, to... too. <laughs> <laughs> do it all. Do it all. No. Uh, but I just think it would be good for them to get a, a window into, into why, your motivation. Because they can hear me and go, right. well, you're a parent. Of course you feel all those things. Right. But, and, 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 you know, Greg and you are best friends and have grown up together and your kids are going, of course you guys want to do this. And, but, but what about you? Why you? Um. I think I, I've grown up doing e-soccer and seeing, um, I don't know, just seeing how different inclusion is uh, from like see, seeing what happens when someone feels included and being able to see um, like the inspiration that happens and the gratitude of the parents. Yeah. I think can, you, can you tell me another instance? You talked about the singing. Can you tell me another instance? You maybe were just sitting on a field. Maybe you were looking from a distance. Where you felt that that emotion? Um, I could tell you another situation at eSoccer where it was uh, it was before eSoccer started. It was maybe thirty minutes. I, th- I think a family had gotten there early, yeah. or either that, or they had to leave the house. They they tried to leave. I think it was they tried to leave the house early to get there on time because it was yeah. harder for them to get out the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that feeling because of their children. But um, which and they got there actually thirty minutes early, and it was while we were setting up the field. This was in Walnut Creek. Um, at the Walnut Creek soccer. So we, but I saw uh, while we were setting up the field and we were about to get all the coaches together. Um, but some part of me wanted, wanted to go talk to the family. So, because I, I didn't want them just to stand there as the sure. first, it was the first time out. Um, I didn't want them just to stand there and watch us do what we do. I wanted to make sure that they felt included and yeah. that they know what was going on. So I went and talked to them. Um, and before I had even gotten to say my name, you know, introduce myself or introduce this is eSoccer, they, I came up to them and uh, before I had even met them before, yeah, we, like the first second we made our contact, they asked me, is this eSoccer? Is yeah. this the program that we've heard so much about? Right. Um, and I was like, uh, this is definitely 
e-soccer um and i introduced myself we got to know each other better but just being able to hear their story and hear how they've tried so many things and yeah like how e-soccer is just different because they had gone to other they had been in alameda they had been in san ramon um just looking for different programs for their children and seeing um seeing the level of inclusion that happens and seeing the gratitude from the parents i think really gets me thinking about how many lives can can be changed Mm. that's that's the reason i do it is because for me that's that's how i get to make the most impact as i possibly can yeah and it's for me it's more than a resume you know like this is what i want to do with my life the dream for me is to be able to work in the special olympics like that's that's what I want to do with my career or anything that has to do with adaptive physical activity. Yeah. Um, that, cause so that's just how I feel so, like so make the most impact. I want you to see this and I want everybody to understand this in that one moment. That's comprehensive inclusion. Yeah. In that one moment, you included them in the community instantly by going over to them and talking to them. And that one moment you made a connection because you felt emotionally the frustration that any parent with special needs can have of, what program, what thing can I involve them in that isn't school? Because our programs take place on weekends. Right. When a lot of parents are at home going, what do I do? Cause, right. Because the regular program is not going to necessarily, they're going to take me to a modified situation, not an adaptive situation. Right, and right. In a lot of cases, they're not even going to have a modified one. Exactly. And in that moment, you you actually were involved with them intellectually. Because hmm. you're, you're, intellectual is actually looking at how do I provide dignity and a contribution. Yeah. How do I contribute? And a lot of times it's getting the whole family to feel like they're contributing. How do they contribute? When you see a family and they come to something and they have special needs and you treat them the way you would treat a typical family and you treated them like not only are they there to benefit, but they are contributing. Right. They're contributing okay. by their presence. They're contributing by their involvement. And the moment you include a yeah. family, yeah. you now have included that kid and that's the difference with our programs, right, Greg? Yeah. Our programs yeah. don't look at special needs kids just as, hey, come over here and right. we're going to take care of you for a while. We actually think they do something for us, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, what you're, and I think about how the coolest thing is watching the kids not just come and participate, you know, typical kids, special needs kids alongside each other, but once they're a part of it, they're they're learning to give back. They're they're becoming coaches. They're so yeah, I think that I think about what you shared was just the beginning of what they're going to experience. I, you know, I, what I think about when I think about that, what I was saying is that they give to us. I was watching a film that was done. Actually, our producer Nathan worked on a film that was done about uh, our our program, and it had a scene from E Hoops that I had not. Oh, I, yeah. I was not there, and the giving out of the awards to kids. They were yep. getting different awards, and, right. and one kid okay. was on the screen, and he he kind of tapped his heart and put his award right in front of his chest. (laughs) And in that moment, that kid was not a person being served by a program. Right. He was a participant in giving to the program. And you could see it in the eyes of everybody who looked because in his accomplishment, all of the coaches had accomplished something. Right. Right. It's, it's a beautiful moment. And it's a contribution to you. Like my guess is Jackson, that you're a ton more confident because you've had an opportunity to work with kids, see them develop, and see them grow. So their intellectual contribution to you is to make you say, hey, I'm I'm actually capable of changing a life mm-hmm. forever. Mm. And that's embedded in you now. I that's see cool. it. I've known you since you were a teenager. 
And I guess, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think I can count on the number of, I can, I can count on my fingers how many conversations we've had, but. Yeah. Knowing yeah. someone is, when you have special needs kids, knowing someone is, is physical, it's emotional, it's in silence, it's watching someone interact, it's watching someone walk, it's watching someone talk, it's seeing how someone's shy, and then all of a sudden they're confident. Yep. So there's a whole lot sure. to knowing <laughs> someone, right? Sure. And so. I've watched you as a teenager and I remember seeing you at functions, you okay. know, scared to do certain things. Okay. And then go to the point where you now do those things. You just kind of get up there and do it. Now you may still be nervous, but I can't tell. And so that confidence, people don't understand. Sometimes they don't understand where their confidence comes from. Yeah. And Greg, and I've seen this a million times yep. where people come into the program and Nathan, you know, he's seeing it. people come into the program and they yeah. think, Oh, I'm giving to this kid. And they don't all the time. They don't realize, no, no, that kid's giving you because that kid's letting you participate in the journey. Yeah. No, I was going to say, that's one of the things I always tell people. I said, I said, you can never, you can never outgive how much you feel given to by serving it in that kind of a program. Completely agree. Because, because the amount of time you spend, it's, it doesn't feel like sacrifice. You know, when you're going, you're, I'm going to go give my time on a Saturday morning and coach and work hard and. There's so much you get back. You get way more back than it's you feel like you're ever giving. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Do you remember you talked about one of the kids you mentioned earlier? Yeah. You, did, did he have? Did you ever interact with him on the NBA? Oh, he is brilliant. At least in his understanding of all the stats and the figures and the players and and the game. And that's what he tells me all the time. And he the tells game. me all about all the, the game. players. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. He's brilliant like, with that I, stuff. I go to him. Every NBA season. Yeah. And I say, so, you know, I like the Warriors, <laughs> uh, you know, and, 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 and when, when Dwayne Wade was in LeBron, where he liked the heat. And I go, what, what, what are my chances? How am I looking? What's, what's the season going to be like? And he will he can give run me, it down. He'll yeah. give me a layout of what the possibilities are, what the potential are, playoff games, who's going to yeah. win. That's intellectual contribution. That's cool. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we miss sometimes yeah. that because we grade people out on IQ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we have it in our mind, well, I don't know where your IQ is. I don't know if you can contribute. You know what? I think, one, I think the IQ thing is overstated. And, and a lot of people have tremendous IQ, no EQ, and they're not very effective <laughs> at much of anything except you know, right. put them in a room by themselves and let them work on a project good. But anything beyond that, they're not. But I think sometimes we have to remember part of humanizing people with special needs is seeing that they can make a contribution yeah. and not always framing them as, they need help, and we are the great right. saviors walking in to right. save them. Which is the difference, which is what I was talking about, I think, earlier with the difference between empathy and sympathy. Like, I think it all brings back – it all comes back to that. It all comes back to how how can you help as opposed to how you feel, you know? Um, and I think those two are connected uh, because you help because you, you feel like you should, but um, I think it goes deeper into, the, into more – um, do you help out like do you like when I help out the special needs community because I believe that it can make impact on the world um, but which um, other people can come out to e-soccer and think I'm here because I want to get credit for a class I'm here because I need to I should help um, but I think what's really going to help inclusion is helping because you believe that you that your help or that because you are there mm-hmm. the world can be changed. Cool. I like that. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. So what I was talking about, see, I think one of the things is in, 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 in the five levels of inclusion, again, are, are, are 
social inclusion, emotional inclusion, intellectual conclusion, spiritual inclusion, and comprehensive inclusion. We'll try to make sure we post not only uh, you know, some of the information, but we'll try to make sure we post a graphic so you can kind of look at it and get a quick look. But what I wanted, what I want to make note of is, you know, when I was in high school, I was made a coach for fifth and sixth graders. My coach wanted us, some of us to coach. And I coached a team that was pretty good, and I really loved it. I mean, these kids, you know, I, I was training all the time. So I really wasn't, like, looking for something else to do. But I ended up coaching them. And then about um, f- f- five to seven years later, I can't do the math that quickly in my head, I went back to watch a high school game, and four of the guys that I coached were uh, in the top six players on the team. Mm. And they were a state-ranked team. Uh, in Michigan. Wow. I got so much out of it. I still have the basketball that they signed for me that their parents wanted me to have because they were grateful for me coaching. But I got so much out of going to that game and looking and seeing what they did. I think what they did for me is made me ready to parent kids with special needs because I learned early in my life that there's so much you can do for a typical kid if you show up and I think Mm -hmm. to humanize, to truly humanize special needs kids, you can't see them only as the people you help. I think that's a critical thing, right? You have to see them as people help you. You, you, A kid in that classroom that you're presenting to needs to see the need they have, but I think they also have to see the need they have that they, they need to see the kids have or the adults have the special needs, but they also need to see, that they have a need. And I think part yeah. of what's missing and why inclusion doesn't take place is yeah. people look and say, well, that person in a wheelchair just needs my help. No, you need their help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think until we flip that, and I think your generation can do it, and stop even always referring to it, I'm going to go do these people a favor. Right, I'm coming right. out here to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But somebody probably did you a favor. Yeah. Did me a favor, yeah. right. Right? right? What you're really doing is you're believing yeah. that my involvement yeah. With this person is going to change my life. I just think, I mean, you know, I go back to when you and I were riding in that car talking about f- figuring out something for the kids that was inclusive for your boys. And I mean, here I was a single guy, or no, I was, I was, I was newly married, no kids, but I always, I often credit um, one of some of the greatest lessons I ever learned to becoming a dad of my own two boys now. We're, that was the first time that yeah. I ever really worked closely with kids, and I got the chance to work with both of your kids with their with their different challenges and needs. But just the friendship we built, the hours we spent together, yes, and that has shaped me as a dad forever. And I look at my kids who are now helping in the program, right, and, right. But every day, you know, you talk about the day to day life, man. I'd say those those moments on those e soccer fields, all those years before I had my kids. That shaped how I am as a dad. And I even remember before doing that thinking, man, I, I kind of liked my my young married with no kids life. And I was like, man, it's going to be challenging having kids. But boy, I felt so different about being a dad when I had the kids. And and just it's it's absolutely shaped the way I, I am as a dad. So that's what it gave to me. You were talking about, you yes. know, I came out and served. I brought the soccer skills. I tried to serve and help and, and all that. But I got so much in return because I look at my boys and the family that, that, that I've been able to, you know, to be blessed with because of how that shaped my heart and taught me things and how to raise my boys. I think, I think too, people, for us, but then also for listeners, like 
you won't necessarily 100% even grasp and understand that you actually have that need that that person can fulfill and right. I, until yeah. you actually do right. it, until you're actually yeah. kind of in the thick of it. Because I think when I think about inclusion, I think inclusive programs are great. I'm a part of uh, multiple inclusive programs, and right. I love them. But I think inclusion happens in the day-to-day life and in the moments. Like, Jackson, you're talking about the story of that family, right? right you were like, yeah, that's a moment. I need to go take care of my responsibility to do this thing, but I'm going to take this one moment to go talk to this family. And they had so much hope and excitement. You yeah, know, right. and then, Russ, you're talking about at wherever you were, Applebee's or something at that restaurant, <laughs> right? You're going up and you're talking to that family, right? And you're like, oh, you know, you see them uh, maybe potentially being a soccer player. You take that moment to yes. go up and talk to that person. Yes. I think it's... I think for anybody who inclusion happens in those moments. That's right. It's taking that that one moment to go have a conversation, you yes. know. Or it's even our, our basketball analyst uh, friend that we were talking about, right? <laughs> it's taking the moment to ask him, like, what are you? What, what are the odds on the season? Yes. You know, what, what can right. you give me? What yes. intel for yes. my fantasy league or whatever? Yes. You mm-hmm. know, they con- they contribute in those moments, and that those moments that make the most of a difference for people. This is me is our podcast, and today we're grateful to be able to have. Jackson Schaefer, join us and wish him good luck in all of his endeavors at San Jose State. Thank you. But we also want to say to you, remember, we're not denying that inclusion is hard. It can be challenging because we, most of us didn't grow up uh, knowing how to do it. But when you hear what Nathan just said, when you hear what Greg was sharing, what Jackson was sharing, it is so incredibly worth it, not just for people with disabilities, but it will affect change for people who are homeless, Mm -hmm. for people who are uh, uh, alone uh, in in society, just making a society that knows how to include people. We're going to talk more about the five levels of inclusion in the weeks and months ahead. We're going to keep it in front of us and bring in more guests. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, well, we are not going to give up. We hope you don't give up. And if you're a parent out there, know that there are a lot of people fighting hard. To try to make sure that you're not alone in your journey, your beautiful journey of raising a kid with special needs or an adult with special needs. Have a great day.